0: Where the hell were we, man? I don't know, man.
1: What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time.
0: Who's got it better than us? Nobody!
1: Nobody. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows,
0: grows. you got this, Travis. Make him wait for it. we could do a podcast specifically based around the audio medium because it's one of my favorite records ever but Mm -hmm. I kind of don't know anything about
1: Omega that was it's the lost album That was recorded while we were kind of. It was right after Brent left. Um, he he just kind of lost interest. There's it, basically what happened was we went on a South by Southwest tour. Okay. Uh, that was one of the worst tours I think a band could have. Really. Um, we were about three days in. It was we were on tour with Piebald. And damn personals. Um, And it was basically a big wheel package. Uh, Big wheel recreation was... We were basically all booked on a tour to get us to South by. And then we were playing um, at Emo's. Um, So three days in, in Ohio, our engine blows up in our van. And we're all, you know, fucking broke, you know mid 20s just no idea what we're going to do so just get a couple you know credit cards out and get a uh a u-haul rental okay now there's four of us so the u-haul only seats three in front so one of us has to ride in the pitch black in the back and basically we had one show after ohio and then it was a straight shot down to Austin. So we're driving. I've, I I don't I don't even know how long it takes to get from Ohio. To, I I mean it was a blur. Um, but we were trading shifts. You know, every every few hours, the guy in back would be able to move up front. Right. Somebody would have to go in back. No idea where things are going. You know, there's like weird weather. You know, driving through like hurricanes and shit. It was, it was bad news. And it's terrifying because you don't know what's going on in the back. Like, even if you have a light, you know, it's not going to last the entire trip. So the thing goes out on you eventually, and you can't just, like, tell the guys to stop. So you're just riding around in the dark, and if somebody hits their brakes in front of you, then, you know, you've got equipment sliding around. Like, it, it, was, it was terrifying, and it, it definitely took a toll on Brent. Um, so, wait, 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 wait. You were on tour. You were on tour? We were on tour. We were, we basically, we were about three days in to, it was like a a two week tour, I think. Um, But you were with Piebald and your buddies with them, right? Yeah. But I mean, they don't, you can't just, uh, you can't take a, an entire band and throw them in your van with all their equipment. It just doesn't, at that point, there was, it wasn't an option that, that we could even do that because, and also those guys, it was, it was, uh, it was too late at that point when our when our van blew up it was like they were already en route to texas and we were you know at the mechanics the next day got gotcha. you no i got you finding out you can get the u-haul
0: you can get the three you can get the three yep. person u-haul but why not throw
1: yep. the fourth person in in, in another band's van what? oh everybody was gone like we were we were stranded trying to figure out how we could pull it together to actually get to texas i see um,
0: okay all right all right
1: so it was kind of like those guys went on to the next show and we we're getting our van checked out and then it just went from bad to worse kind of thing where gotcha. the thing just okay, I died.
0: Understand. Oh God, uh, what a horrible yeah, it,
1: situation. It was, it was really unfortunate. We, uh, cause we broke down, I forget where it was like in, in Elkhart, Indiana or something. <laughs> and it was, it was in, we broke down on the interstate. It was the, in the middle of, you know, there was a town that was, you know, a half hour away. Okay. That had that had the U-Haul, but we were going the opposite direction, and where we broke down, it was right before you hit like an Amish town. So there's no, there's you can't get from there to where the U-Haul is. We I think we ended up having to rent a cab for a couple hundred dollars and basically ride with this guy, oh. not having any money. We had just blown all our money, you know, trying to get the van fixed. Um, right. So. I had to leave my guitar while we got a, a transfer, a, a money transfer, so that we could pay the guy that gave us the the ride to the U-Haul. And we get the U-Haul. We start driving. It's it's no fun for anyone, this long trip down to Texas. Right. Um, so we get to South By. We play. Everything goes great. It's a fun show. Um, and then we're kind of making our way up the uh, the East Coast. And we had... We had a show in New York City. The next day we were gonna be playing, I think like a it was like a hard rock cafe or something. Okay. Um but we had, or it was the not the next day. We had a day we had a day off. Um and we were staying with my sister who was living in um in Astoria. Um so we were hanging out, my sister lived right across the street from this great little bar called Gussie's, so We, uh, we went over there and just got shit house wasted. And, you know, we were telling our story of, you know, crazy adventures and how our van broke down and yada, yada, yada. Get up the next day going, you know, go out to the van or the U-Haul and the, uh, the doors open. Oh my God. Um, this must be the robbery story. Or no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No, we go out and the U-Haul is just not there. So we're all hung over trying to figure out where things are. Um, someone's like, you know, the, the questions start going around. Did you move the U-Haul? You know, did you take take it wherever? Blah, blah, right. blah. You had the keys last. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those <laughs> like, did you go out? And like Brent Brent was the last one that went out. And he was like, no, I didn't move it. He's like, you know, I locked up the back and that was it. Um, so our U-Haul has gone and all our equipment's in it. So yeah, it, it was kind of like, Okay, well, you know, what's going on? Did they tow it? So we go to the police station. We, you know, inquire there. They're like, we don't have a record of a tow. They're like, it sounds like it was stolen. And, you know, we're we're from Vermont. It's like, oh, okay. Well, can you have somebody figure out where it went? And they're like, yeah, no, that's kind of like a bike kit stolen, solve, you know? Can you yeah.
0: guys just go ahead and solve that crime? Uh, yeah, <laughs> real we <were> quick.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, did you guys? Did you have insurance on it? We were like, oh, I think so, you know. And, and at that point, we're like, this is dude, this is horrible. This is the worst thing that could have happened. So we're all kind of freaking out. We figure out that our insurance doesn't cover anything in the vehicle. It just covers the actual vehicle itself. Oh. So then we we start having to do like an inventory, and you know, as we're talking about, you know, how could this happen? Blah 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 blah. It was obvious that we were just drunk at a bar, talking to people, talking about how you know we were we had to drive this U haul, and some, you know, I guess very, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nefarious. Yeah, I mean, just it's someone who, you know, knows their way sure. around the, uh, the, the seedy underbelly of New York City's vehicle and, they were, uh, they were eaves- and equipment. They were know. eavesdropping
0: and basically went, exactly. oh, free shit. Yeah.
1: They're like, oh, okay, so there's a U-Haul around here that's just full of, you know, $20,000 worth of uh, musical oh, equipment. So, man. so, yeah, they jacked it, um, and it showed up a couple of weeks later, empty. Parked exactly where it was. You know, my sister was like, "I think your U-Haul's back," and you know, I got, I got my suitcase and my jacket packed. They didn't want that. They stole everything else. Um,
0: oh my god! So yeah,
1: it was one of those things where, when that happened, that was, that was kind of it. Like we did a few, we did maybe another. I think we did one more tour, and then I think Brent had kind of had it. He was like, "I, I'm, you know, I can't do this," and uh, so he peaced out. So we didn't have a bass player. Um Stop! 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 Stop, Daryl. If the person who
0: lifted your shit is listening right now, what do you have mm-hmm. to say?
1: I mean, thank you, because I I feel like it was definitely something. It it, it was time for for the brakes to be put on um, okay. for that band. Okay. Unfortunately, it was you know we needed we needed a little recoup and. You know, having all your equipment stolen is one of the worst things that can happen to you as a musician. But I feel like it, for me, I couldn't just, you know, I had been a, a small time musician that just had no money, that had shitty jobs so that I could go out and tour. So there wasn't any there wasn't any hope that I was going to be able to buy back all the equipment that I had bought, you know? Sure. Oh, Cause it, some, some of that equipment had links to things that I hadn't done in junior high so that I could have money to buy an amp. And then I traded that amp and, you know, got the new amp, right. saved some money, traded. it. You know, it was like, it was all sort of built up to this having, you know, nice equipment and it okay. was all gone. Um, Ugh. so when all my equipment got stolen, I, I kind of had to make do with, uh, you know what I could kind of beg borrow, you know uh but it also got me into building amps and you know learning guitar amp circuits and and instead of paying fifteen hundred dollars for it, you know, or I think at the time there were twelve or a thousand for you know an old Marshall from the seventies mm-hmm. I could build one. And it would be with brand new parts. It would be something I could maintain. And I also just, you know, I'm learning something. So it was... It, for that, I would say thank you to whoever stole the shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it definitely... It, it was pretty painful when it happened. But, um, oh, but I, you know, it also... I, I feel like Brent was better off kind of getting out because he wasn't happy. Um, and he needed a change. So he moved down to Providence and joined Daughters. <laughs> Get it, get it. So that that worked out well for him, um, <laughs> but um, he wasn't well.
0: Okay, he wasn't happy with cancer conspiracy, but he got out and then went and joined Daughters. So what yep. wasn't he happy about? Because he he jumped right back into another band and another situation like that.
1: Well, I think you know he he had moved down to Providence just with his girlfriend, um, just because he didn't have a band and you know he wasn't really doing anything. So he, I I believe he was actually thinking of going to. Boston, but ended up stopping in Providence and really liking it. So he he settled down here with his girlfriend. Okay, Um, and then you know he was working and then met the guys from Daughters and was able to you know get in as their guitar player. Um, And you know if like Brent's Brent's definitely the uh, the most eclectic as far as stuff that he listens to. You know, out of the three of the guys in Cancer Conspiracy, so uh, I think. I think that was it was good for him to get into, you know, kind of an artsy like noise um, community that that kind of embraced like just chaos as like their their aesthetic. Um, and I mean, I, I, you know, I saw Brent play with daughters and it it made sense. Like he's he's a phenomenal guitar player and yeah. it, doing that kind of stuff is is exactly what he should have been doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, we, you know, we were without a bass player, but we still had songs. Um, I was still writing and, you know, it was kind of, it had gone back to what Cancer Conspiracy was when it started, which was just Greg and I. Um, right. So we, we did enough and we still had a label behind us that we were able to just, you know, go into a studio and get um, our buddy Johnny um, to play bass. Um, Johnny, you know, he's, he's a He's in Party Boys now. Uh, he was in Clouds. Um, he's kind of just one of those guys that if if your band needs an awesome bass player, you get a hold of John Northrop. Johnny know. Northrup. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and he's you know he's a phenomenal musician. So he was a friend of Squire's it was you know he was able to just walk in and lay down these amazing basslines um and we didn't have we didn't have the constraints of being able you know necessarily having to pull the stuff off live mm-hmm. so we we went a little more studio crazy um with with omega um i hear that yeah it was you know there was a lot more I think we had a better idea of what what we were capable of in the studio. Matt Squire kind of knew what we were supposed to sound like, um, and he was he was working out of um, it was Camp Street Studios, which was the old Ford Apache. It's uh, you know Radiohead, The Benz, I think was done there. There were there were a bunch of records that were done there, so it was a, it was a really nice facility, and it was it was like one of the early things that Squire did there so i think he you know he really wanted to make it sound good um mm-hmm. so yeah we you know we did that and then we just you know played a couple shows and and the label just kind of went under um
0: you recorded omega at the same studio that radio had recorded the bands
1: yes <laughs> uh yeah it's yeah the bends i think some of okay computer was done there um, I mean, it's you know the Pixies did stuff there early on when it was Ford Apache. It's I mean, it's a it, it, it just closed, but it was it, it was kind of a it was a notable studio in, yeah. in Boston. Wow. Um yeah, it's pretty. I mean, just just being in there and looking at the equipment alone, it was just like wow, this is pretty amazing. Right. Um, right. But yeah, we you know we did the record and then the label tanked Real and. Money well it got it got bought by or it got passed over to i don't i don't really know the specifics of it It was just it was another one of those like gray area things happening that you know Mm -hmm. i just i just wanted to put out records and play shows but it wasn't wasn't happening at that point so (laughs) right uh all the you know the label put a bunch of money into the record uh we didn't have a bass player and then you know, personal stuff was going on, and it just it fizzled, and that was it. Got it. Um, and I started getting into recording, and that that kind of stuff was was going on. Um, and this record was kind of just sitting on a shelf somewhere. Nobody was going to put it out. Doghouse, I think, had the rights to it, uh, but they weren't doing anything with it because we weren't an active band. Like they obviously wouldn't be putting out a record from from some band that wasn't going to be supporting it. So right, um, right, right. So, yeah, you know, it sat and I kind of went off and did my thing. And then uh, my buddy uh, Will from Radar, the studio that I work at. Here we go. uh, Yep. Will was running uh, Radar Recordings with uh, this guy, Mike Raposh, who's in Junius. And, you know, they had been an active label in Boston. um, And it was one of those things that. They were fans of the cancer conspiracy, and they knew that there was this record that never came out, um, and they just they was they were bummed about it, you know. And they and they had they had the means to put it out, mm-hmm. but they're just you know it was kind of left as like, well, the label owns it. So um, I don't know if it was Will that ended up getting a hold of Doghouse, some someone within Radar, just. Basically, it was like, "Hey, do you still have that record?" and Dirk at Doghouse was like, "Yeah," and I think they inquired about, you know, can we can we buy it? You know, can we secure it as as something that we could release? Um, so they worked out the d- whoa. Explain that. Can we buy it? What do you mean? It was basically just, you know, obviously they aren't going to recoup all the money they put in, right? But it 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 has a value. So it's kind of like you know you see an old car sitting in the back of somebody's <laughs> in the back of somebody's house. Obviously, they aren't going to be. Well, maybe they are, but there's probably <laughs> no intention. There's probably no intention while it's sitting there, you know, on on blocks that you can. You can inquire and be like, "Hey, man, are you doing anything with that?" Because if you're not, you know, I'll buy it and maybe fix it up, and you know, that'll be my car now.
0: Okay, but when you buy that car up on blocks in the back of my house because I don't want to deal with it anymore, and I go, "Yeah, sure, you can buy it." um, I'm handing over the rights to it to you. Absolutely. So, so when they bought, when they, so, so, so the Omega release was a much different record deal than Audio Medium.
1: Omega was not it wasn't finished it wasn't mixed it was basically just you know recorded. it was a record it was a record that was done recorded
0: um, recorded only mostly
1: yeah yeah oh, okay. i mean we basically what they did were they were kind of the catalyst for me to be able to take that record and mix it because at that point i was working out of uh, strange ways um, in burlington which was the studio that i built with with my buddy mike porman and we we basically just we got the record back and it was i opened these tracks that i hadn't heard in years Uh it was like you know this is a clean slate there's no pressure we're not playing any shows there's nothing happening with it like i can just have fun mixing a a record that i made you know um and i mean squire engineered it so it's like obviously it sounds good right Um, sure so i went back kind of cleaned things up um got to the point where i wanted i wanted a little bit of outside perspective so i had my buddy zach martin come in and do um do some like remix-esque stuff with uh with a couple of the songs Mm -hmm. um I think he did track seven, possibly. Um, I mean, they're all Roman numerals. <laughs> they're it, all, was just, yeah. <laughs> it was mostly we didn't have song titles for them, so we didn't want to bother with it anyway.
0: They're easy um, to figure out, one, two, exactly. three.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Zach did did some really cool stuff that I never would have thought of, um, and then we mixed it, and, that you know, Radar put it out. It didn't, you know... Didn't fly off the shelves, sure. But a lot, a lot of kids were excited when it came out because it was, you know, I think five years after we had broken up. And yeah, it we, was,
0: it was, it was that. That's kind of why I wanted to go down a little bit of a, a tangent with this album because Audio Medium is was where I came in w- with Cancer Conspiracy and Omega was like, even as someone that considered himself a fan of the uh, of the band, I was even like, wait, they have another record? Like this came so long after. Yeah The band was yep. even a thing That yeah. I was I, I As considering myself As somebody that like Had access to the internet And would have nerded out With you guys You guys were done
1: No you we were you, way you, done You yeah, guys were so, You guys
0: were one going. and done You had an EP Which was yep. Which was called Which was self titled Right Yep Yep And then you had alpha, uh, alpha, and then <laughs> and then you had a uh, uh, audio medium, and then and then yep. that's it. There's just this one and done band that put out this one amazing album, and then these clowns went and got married and had kids in Vermont. I guess I don't. They're making ice cream now. I don't know what they're doing up there. They're gone. And then Omega just like came out, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Are they back together? Are they touring? And then it was like, no, nah. <laughs> we just had this shit yeah. laying
1: around. Yeah, I mean, without 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 Will Benoit and and Mike. From radar, nothing would have happened. It would have just sat. It would have just sat at Big Wheel and not have been released. Such a bummer. And those guys, you know, it was just I I had recorded Will's band. Um, we had stayed friends. Um, at that point we hadn't we hadn't opened radar studios yet, but we were you know we were we were talking every so often and like i made a record with him and and he was getting into recording so we were always talking to each other and i was uh i was working at 242 main so it's like i would book his band you know we just we kept in touch and then and who was finally, his band? uh he was in constance at the time Does Living Phantoms now, uh, and he's got a new band um, called Solm. And what else is he doing? Will does a lot of audio stuff at this point. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's very talented. Um, but yeah, he you know, just a he's a great friend. He's he's my best friend. You know, he's like the guy that I've known for you know ten years, and I still see him once a month twice a month you know right and we're also we're also you know running a studio together which is great um,
0: yeah let's talk a little bit about the studio
1: uh radar studios is located in uh clinton connecticut and we are new england's only solar powered studio which is kind of a, a fun bragging right um it's uh it's basically will bought some property down there i think he's got like a half acre um and it's it's just a straight shot off ninety five. It's this wonderful little sort of like touristy beach town that's dead most of the time. You know, in the summer it picks up but not not anywhere aside from around the beaches. Okay. Um very quiet. He's got everything set up so that the the place is you know, it's running solar, he's got a it's running pellet stove, like it's it's self sufficient. Uh he and his wife live there. They live in um one structure, and then when he bought the property, there was another structure that his intention was to, you know, open or not open, but build a, a space that he could record out of. Um, and at that time, uh, strange ways, the recording studio that I was working at in Burlington, we had moved that to Ro- uh, moved it to Rhode Island. Um, I, Mike Porman, the guy I was working with, he he had decided he was he was getting out of the recording game so um i told will i was like hey man i know you got a you got a place you're trying to put together like i have a bunch of equipment that i don't really want to pay for storage for and you know (laughs) you're welcome to use it so that's that's when it all happened so we uh i brought my stuff down there we built the whole place out um you know a lot of work a lot of time invested you know, sweat equity kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, and it basically was there for will to kind of do his thing. And I could come in if I had stuff that I was working on. Um, and our friends were curious about it. You know, they wanted to try it out. So we started recording our friends bands. Um, okay. so we started doing, you know, we did, we did, I think the last three Junius records down there. Okay. Uh, we did some Caspian pre pro we did. Um, I mean, there's a, you know, I, I, I pretty much have recorded the last two, um, uh, doomsday student records down there, which those are the Arab radar guys from Providence. They have come down there and done their last two with me. Um, we're kind of like, you know, if you know, if you know, will or I come on down, you know, we'll, we'll definitely record you kind of thing. We haven't quite done like the hard, like we're open to the public sort of thing. Um, okay. But, uh, if you got a friend of a friend, you can you can get in and do some stuff with us. I got uh, you. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> um, that's ins- that's some insider trade stuff right there. It, it is. Well, you know, it's like we like because it is. You know, it's Will's house. It's his property, right? And we 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 sleep people there. It's not like it's it's in the middle of you know rural Connecticut. It's not like you can just get a hotel room and you know be right. next to the studio. You're going to be a little little ways away um you gotta
0: have some sort of a interpersonal relationship with the people that are recording there because exactly cause that band's gonna, gonna be p- using the same toilet as his wife exactly,
1: right, exactly. i get it i get um, it i get it
0: totally feel yeah it. yeah
1: so yeah it's uh but once you get down there you kind of realize like this is it's like a little it's like a little sanctuary you know it's like a place where you can go and and make a fun record right and, on
0: yeah yeah and, sounds cool
1: have it be an experience so yeah it's been i mean it's been great it's definitely one of the one of the most comfortable studios i've worked out of um and I feel like the bands feel that way too you know they, they mm-hmm. it's it's something that's always said like man I've really you know they have a lot of fun it's very chill you know you there's no there's no clock you know it's like you're just there you're making right. you're having fun making a record um so yeah i mean it's it's been I feel blessed that I've been able to hook up and and work with one of my buddies do something do something cool. So, so this is this is what you do now. Pretty much, yeah, I do. Uh, like, how do you I pay? Work,
0: how do you pay bills? How, how do you how do you earn? My, I mean, skin I,
1: of my teeth, but you know, it's like audio. Just, I I was I was waiting tables and kind of you know just the offset, but mm-hmm. I got I got to the point where I was like, you know, if I hustle a little more. And I do some freelance stuff. Um, I can make it. I can make it happen. Okay. Um, and you know I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. It's like I I'm able to you know scrape by. Yeah. Um, you know I can't go out and buy you know three thousand dollar microphones every month, but you know <laughs> I can <laughs> I can record my friends and not have to worry. You know the bottom line is a lot easier when when you're uh, when you're you're able to do it. You Just know, grab grab the used
0: used Shore fifty sevens on on eBay when you see them.
1: I mean that's the thing. You know it's Good like I, go I, right. I, I know I know my way around a studio enough that you know having a million mics is great, but you know having twenty that you know are going to work for you know the applications you're you're using them for. It's that's the most important thing. Right, um, right, right. My problem is I buy a lot of amps and I build a lot of amps, so it's like it's it's kind of a it's a mountain of amplified guitar amps and just you know fun pedals and stuff down down at radar so sure. that's where we that's where we may waste the most time i'd say is like pedal lineups and amp lineups and <laughs> gotcha. just having fun but uh yeah doesn't sound
0: like a horrible existence i think you're doing it's
1: right. it's not too bad yeah yeah i mean it, i i do uh like location audio stuff for one of my buddies who has a uh, like a, a video web audio production site um, I just did like 75 doctors we did interviews for all of them for um, for a like a it's a lifespan which is like you know just um, it's like it's hard to explain basically we're interviewing all the doctors so that they can have a 45 second little snippet on a website for people that are looking to find a new doctor so it's like, it's called the find a doc
0: oh it's like it's it's like speed dating for doctors well,
1: exactly it's like you're looking for you're looking for you know
0: right a- right I'm looking for a new doctor, um, musician who used to play in Cancer Conspiracy. <laughs> Throw me 75 options. I have an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. It, it was
1: it was fun. It was you know, it's like you do like it, you do an hour interview and it gets whittled down to like 45 seconds. So it's like Oh my god, ew. It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. And I, you know, I was there just like hanging the mic and like smiling and making sure everything went good on on the audio end really? so it's like when whenever he has work that's like off-site he'll throw it at me just as like hey man you want to do something different than you know arguing with a bass player about how he played a <laughs> shit wrong yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> right 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 that's so, crazy that's interesting yeah
1: yeah it's fun it breaks it up a little bit speed doc- and it's like speed yes. doctor yeah like that and that was only one you know we we went we just went and did a uh, it was like a uh promotional thing for this place called bradford soap which is like a soap factory that's been around for like 150 years okay the entire factory is it's just like a giant family like you walk around and everyone knows everyone they know their kids like there's like three generations that work there and we would just go in set up a mic and interview people and talk to them and you know the guys go back with the video footage and cut it up and there's this nice little production video it's pretty awesome. Okay, all right. So yeah, it's uh, you know, there's worse ways to make a dollar. It's, it's definitely better than waiting tables. That's for damn sure.
0: You know. Sure. Do you guys have like like a um, hmm, how do I ask that? Do you guys have like a sales force that goes out and looks for this kind of stuff, or is it all word of mouth, falling your lap stuff?
1: I mean, the the whole Axian gig—that's the the company that my buddy owns. Um, he just hires me freelance, so all all I have to do is be available and you know come in you got figure it. out what we're doing i show up and we record got and it. that's okay, okay. that's pretty much it it's like the video guy they have their own video guys mm-hmm. um yeah it's pretty much you know he gives me a call and he's like hey you interested you know interested in doing this like, yeah why not you know no way it's, it's wow. fun yeah yeah it's uh and you know if i have holes in my schedule with with radar sure. um i'll i'll definitely do something for my buddy mike you know it just makes sense very cool man very yeah, cool. it's pretty it's pretty fun um yeah other than that you know it's like building amps i'll build one maybe two or three a year sell them to whoever wants one and, you what, know whatever yeah
0: like it's like a fun. like more of a personal deal or is it like you just just totally yeah i mean i don't i don't you know like put on ebay or something
1: no 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 no. it's more like a custom like i'm building it's more just like i'm building it for
0: this dude or this lady
1: well yeah what it ends up being is i'll be sitting around you know every night for three months researching some specific circuit you know of some you know marshall that was built in you know the mid 70s or whatever okay and looking around my shop i'll realize oh i've got you know this this component and this component and i could do it for this amount you know this amount of money so i'll just build something and if it ends up being an amp that i want to keep down at the studio that's where it'll live right otherwise i'll you know throw it on you know instagram or facebook and be like hey anybody want to buy a blah 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 and you know within a couple days things sold so nice okay uh, all right yeah yeah it's it's a lot easier than going out and spending you know the three thousand dollars it would be to to actually own the original, you know, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> whatever partial yeah. it is.
0: Oh yeah, so. I have a I have a buddy named Alex who who's like, oh my god, if you knew, if you knew the $0. seventeen cents worth of parts that went into a fifteen hundred dollar yeah. amp, you'd shit yourself. Yeah. So I'm just going to build well, and that, myself.
1: And that was the thing, you know, when when the cancer conspiracy shit went down with everything getting stolen, that was that was what i was left with it was like i bought a broken you know fender baseman and had a guy fix it for me and when he fixed it i was like so what was wrong with it and he told me and i went online just found the schematic you know stared at so many schematics until it all started making sense and i could see the similarities and i could figure out where to source parts and you know there's whole communities online for it right um yeah, and then you can put, you know, I had a I had a, a 1978 Marshall JMP 50, which if I were to go out and buy one now, it would be 13 to $1,500. Okay. And I can get the parts and build it for around six. Huh. You know? So it's one of those things you got to put the time in and you have to know what you're doing and yeah. know how not to kill yourself with the high voltages. But it, if you can figure <laughs> that out, then... Right you can have you can have a decent amp and you'll know how to fix it so you know it's fun got it
0: gearhead
1: yep gearhead
0: we have to go down we have i know when you and i were talking on the phone i said oh my god don't don't go any further i definitely want to talk about that on the show
1: of the records
0: and no that was just that was just today and i'm not going to forget about that but there was something else when when you and i were on the phone and I didn't write uh, it down.
1: Was it 242?
0: That's a part of it. You can talk about 242 a little bit because I know you keep mentioning that.
1: Yeah, I mean, 242 is like, that's, it's a 30 year old teen center. You know, it's, it's right. one of the old, it, I, it's always, oh, it's one of
0: those six it things. was Bernie, Bernie started. Oh, yeah, 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 Bernie. Yeah, yeah Bernie that
1: Sanders. was it. He, uh, he started the mayor's youth office. I believe it was, yeah, it must have been 86, 87. Um, his wife. Um, they started the uh, the mayor's youth office, which was it was just a board put together, and they were they were given a, a space in the city uh, that was part of a larger building called Memorial Auditorium. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you know when you pull into Burlington and you're driving down Main Street, you see Memorial Auditorium. Okay, and if you look real close, you'll see two four two Main, which is you know it's a it, I think the cap is one hundred and thirty. Um, it's a small club. It used to be a little higher, but the fire codes and everything changed. Um, but yeah, two four two was open just as like a space for you know kids in Burlington to be able to hang out and sort of self program. Um, so you know they had video projects. They had uh, self program cop. You self-program basically like you, they dictate what is what the programming is of the place. So they they dictate what is going on as far as uh, events and activities and and well, okay, uh, and there's you know, there was a, a budget that was allowed for 242 Maine so that they could have video equipment and that they could do you know, they had a very simple kitchen. They have you know, it was it was it was a teen center, um, mm-hmm. but it had a little more backing than like your standard. You know, YMCA or whatever. Um, but because it was kind of open to the Burlington youth, it immediately turned into kind of the place to see shows because uh, all the punk rock kids were kind of like, hey, we have the space that we can do whatever we want in. Let's start booking shows. Um, and, I mean, it's it's held, you know, Fugazi played there back in, like, l- early 80s. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's on the live... There's there's a the long... Fugazi live long, website with it, all the shows. I mean there's actually there's a there's a photo online of uh, and I think yeah on their on their live series shows. Yeah. The uh, one of the the photo for Burlington is actually a shot of of a couple of the guys in standing in two four two at the bar. Cool. Um, but yeah, there you know it's it's one of those it's one of those spaces that if you lived in Burlington and you were a kid that was playing in a band um, or you were going out to see punk rock shows. That was where you went. Um, and you know, it's, it was one of the, it, like, when I worked there, I booked Mastodon there before they blew up. Um, it's, I mean, I used to see Shotmaker, uh, pretty much any, any like underground band from Canada that was coming through, Ire uh, a lot of Boston bands would come through, um. Simon from drowning man was actually booking there and he, you know, he booked like, I hate God. just big, bigger underground acts. That was kind of the place they would go because most of the clubs in Burlington are not booking that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, or there's not enough of a draw that, you know, they're going to be able to guarantee that it would be worth putting on in a larger venue. Uh Um, plus, like I said, if you're a kid, that's the place that you play. Um, so, I, it you know, it, it's been around 30 years. They just recently, the, the larger building, Memorial Auditorium, um, has some structural issues that are not... It's just too far gone. It's an old, old building. Mm. I think it was 1800s or something. So, it's just kind of falling apart at this point. Right. And it's I think it's in the millions to actually repair it. So, 242 is getting shut down, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, when Bernie made made his you know run that was one of the things that was popping up all over the place was you know bernie opened a teen center back when he was mayor of burlington uh and it's still going today you know and that's it it is it's that's it's the little teen center that bernie built that's cool man yeah yeah it's a great great space And got, can't, got a, and
0: cancer is doing like a like a sort of reunion show very soon
1: well, technically, it's my band from high school, but uh, because Greg was the drummer for cancer conspiracy, and Brent's just curious to see me and Greg play, there's a yeah, there's a good possibility that we'll be able to pull a couple songs together while while we're up there. so yeah,
0: oh man. Oh. so when,
1: I don't know when I don't know when this is coming out, but I don't either yeah i mean it might guarantee that we have five more people at our show
0: (laughs) yeah right yeah i might lock down five guests
1: yeah (laughs) there you go
0: yeah man just record it put something on youtube
1: yeah i would imagine i mean the the idea with uh with this show uh we're doing in a higher ground which is in south burlington that's like the biggest like the the biggest venue and most notable um in in burlington area uh we we just locked it down so that we would be playing um, Rocket Slayer, which was my old band, um who I you know, I was playing with those guys when I was seventeen. I think that was one of the stories you wanted to talk about was taking time off from work or from high school so I could go to whatever. Maybe not.
0: Wait, um, what wait, what?
1: I was telling you a story about how when I first started playing music. I had to get a, a note from my parents to get out Yes, high school.
0: That's dude. it.
1: Dude, that how
0: rock and roll badass yeah. is this? Go ahead. Well, start over. And it was...
1: Yeah. So this band Rockets led that's doing this reunion show, um, I had joined when I was... I, 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 I want to say I was 17. Okay. Um, and I was... A <laughs> little side note, I was in a band before that for I think two or three weeks. It was a band called the Fags. Okay. And we were it was uh Eugene from Gogol Bordello. He was the singer. He okay. used to live in Burlington. Okay. Um so I played with him before joining Rocket Sled. And I was you know, I was still in high school. It was it's one of those things where I was joining a, a band that wasn't like they weren't really traveling much, but they were doing, you know, Boston, Maine kind of thing. Uh, so we uh, we had, a, I think it was a two or three day weekend with uh, Sam Black Church. I don't know if you ever heard those guys. they were from Boston. No. They're big. Um, They're big in like the the northeast um, kind of like a loud rock thing. But I actually had to have my parents write me a note so I could get, I could not, be in school on friday so i could drive down to providence and play at baby head um, which was it was pretty fun yeah because i mean being a 17 year old kid that really hasn't played out i mean I, I feel like kids play out younger a lot more now but uh yeah going from vermont down to uh <laughs> down to providence to play at uh Babyhead is that was it was a big deal. I was pretty psyched. I felt I felt like a badass, you know, being like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be at school on Friday. I got to go down and play a show," you know. Do you have a copy uh, of the note? I don't. No, <laughs> I'm sh- I should have held on it. That that would have been great. The circle is now complete. Now I am the master. 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 <sighs> master. So anyway, it, I'm going to tie it back into the whole rocket sled thing, because um, we're playing that we're playing that that legacy show, the two four two thing, uh-huh. and uh, we're playing with a band that we actually we haven't played with in 20 years, and there is the same kind of thing like they broke up 20 years ago and all moved away, and it's going to be a lot. It, there's a lot of like. A lot of old dudes kind of like you know it's not like riding a bike at all like we got to actually like learn how to play these songs again it's not like you just jump back on so okay uh, yeah so it's it's gonna be fun and it's kind of a it's a you know a testament to to 242 so that's um, cool yeah it should be fun i'm psyched i mean it's i'll probably get a little little teary-eyed it's 242 is a pretty special place for a lot of a lot of the you know punk rock kids and in Burlington, so
0: and this and this show is the twenty first. You said
1: January twenty first. Yeah, higher uh, ground.
0: I'm gonna make I'm gonna make an effort to get this show up before before the twenty first, so that just, just in yeah. case somebody hears it and goes, oh no way, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think you know when we do that that little cancer conspiracy thing, someone will someone will video it. So if it doesn't come out before then, I'll make sure to get you at least some video yeah, of it. because yeah. that'd be fun. Absolutely, It'd be funny. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. so so just before um man we're all over the place this is fun this is good this
1: i know yeah how, how do you work this you're just gonna like edit the shit out of it and just like bump it I, all around
0: no I'll, I'll tell you how i work it i'm not gonna edit anything this is it yeah all i right. just I, I will add i will add music clips here and there and uh yeah. this is just a conversation you and i are just having a beer and talking and people can that rules listen in and nice. listen to it it's Excellent. really it's really it's Dude, it's a it's a shitty podcast. <laughs> 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 like, like I hear I hear some of the better ones that really are streamlined and edited and take like all the prominent stuff that you need to hear and they get it down to like twenty eight minutes and I'm like nah I, I don't feel like doing all
1: that just warts and all just do it just throw it out there yeah like That's awesome yeah
0: like there's there's an art to taking a three and a half hour football game and narrowing it down to the, the, uh, the, uh, 28 seconds that I needed to see, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I just ain't got the crew, man. I ain't got the time. I gotta, yeah. like tomorrow, I gotta, I gotta go food shopping tomorrow morning. I gotta take the kids to basketball. I gotta, it gets up how it gets up, you know?
1: But, no, that rules, man. I, am I'm, I'm very, I mean, I, I, don't think I'll make it more than ten minutes listening to my own voice, but you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. This is your first podcast, you said, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I never. I mean, I, dude, I, I, like that was. That's one thing about like being in a band that it just didn't make sense for me because I have like the worst social anxiety as far as like I get freaked out by fucking microphones and like i really? just i yeah i can't i can't deal with it dude you're can't smashing it. it you're
0: doing fine man
1: i i mean that's good to hear yeah but, you know and yeah. and
0: this and this and this is yeah and that's and that's the uh that's the critique and the uh the <laughs> that's the opinion of a guy who just bought a microphone and started doing this so i mean it isn't like <laughs> you know it isn't like this is a huge show or anything but no this, oh, this oh is man,
1: I, I mean i'm definitely psyched to be doing it it's a lot of fun this so. is cool this is cool yeah
0: so just before we hit record, we started talking about records.
1: The records, yes.
0: And, uh, and you and you kind of dropped. You, I'm not even going to set it up. i Am I? All
1: like, right, All right. Like so talk.
0: so oh, okay, okay, okay. Long story short, um, I'm 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 a wannabe vinyl guy. Okay. okay. But here's my thing with records, like. Um. Records for me, like right now, I'm sitting in a beanbag chair. And and I do the whole like Max L dude who sits there and kind of mm-hmm. s- sits in front of the stereo. And I really try to take my time to just put something on and have something just kind of hit me on that level. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I love Dillinger Escape Plan, they're one of those bands that I don't necessarily... I don't need calculating infinity on vinyl because I just feel like that's not a beanbag chair sit down and relax kind of a record that record sure, yeah like that's more of a put it in my ipod and cut the grass so i can get it done 10 minutes faster kind of a <laughs> kind of an album you know you follow what i'm saying
1: <laughs> yeah no i totally whereas
0: see. like i could totally vibe on like getting like like uh, uh like clockwork from queens of the stone age on vinyl yeah something like that yeah. you know what i'm saying or, or or cancer conspiracy or something. I I feel like for some reason tech blah, 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 metal. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't need that on I don't need that on vinyl. You
1: know. Well, that's yeah. I,
0: am I, I weird? I, am I am I doing it? No, right? no, no, no. I totally.
1: The, it, it, right. Probably in the last like seven years, I think like five to seven years, I would say. I was kind of on that. You know, I'm only buying it. You know. If it's an album that's pro- that's proven, that it's going to be an album that I'm going to hold on to. Okay. And it's one that I will listen to. Um, the problem is, is, you know, before that, which like I was... I, when we started this, I was telling you about how my mom gave me her records. That was kind of... That was my introduction to sort of falling in love with music. Okay. And when you think about it, it's the only format that has spanned our entire musical... Consumption, yeah. It's like uh, you know CDs. I never, I never really even got into CDs. I, I, they just didn't have the appeal that vinyl had. I definitely had a lot of tapes when I was a kid. Yeah, but, but it's so, like tapes break. They just they're they're horrible. Yeah. You know they they sound shittier as you play them. Uh, yeah, um,
0: every time you play them, they get worse. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and saying you know MP3s sound horrible too. You know, and it's like Truth. I feel like I feel like in this day and age. I listen to things on, you know, I either stream it like I I use Spotify because I I like the large, um, the, the large library that, that Spotify has, and that it has a lot of stuff that I have looked for on other streaming things and they they, they just don't have it. Yeah, Um,
0: Yeah. 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 Spotify won. Spotify won that game
1: yeah and that's my but that that was also i like everyone everyone's got an opinion about spotify either it's you know the greatest thing in the world or it's the worst thing for whatever i've bought more vinyl because of spotify because i everything's accessible i can find out i you know i have found out about a ton of new bands just you know going down the rabbit hole Just clicking on different things and and you know there's a certain album that I never really invested time with that I've suddenly, you know, I've got a drive, I can throw it on. Sure. Um, and then, you know, I end up buying the record. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, it was like I got my mom's records. So that was, you know, probably 30 records. And then my neighbor had a, had a garage sale where their you, you know their son who was a few years older than me that was into like acdc and van halen and stuff i went over and bought those records for a quarter a piece and then i remember i used to skateboard around my uh my neighborhood when i was you know in sixth grade or whatever and there was a garage sale down the street and it was obviously someone who really loved records and you know was buying vinyl um uh, it was like a large, large, like I think like a hundred records or something, or like seventy-five records. Um, and they had all these price breakdowns where you could buy like you know a quarter for one, or you know five for a dollar, and sure. it just kept going up. And sure. then they had like buy them all for you know whatever it was like thirty bucks or something. And you know, at that point, I think I was I was able to talk my parents into it because my mom had the soft spot, you know, of okay. the vinyl thing. So, (laughs) I borrowed the money, you know, probably did a bunch of lawn mowing to to pay it back. Sure, uh, sure, sure. I just remember going down the street and just throwing crates onto my skateboard and, like, pushing them up the hill and getting them home Ah. and then going back down the hill, another crate, and, like, you know, did that a few times, and then I had it. Giant record collection Of all these records That I had never heard of How many
0: records Did you buy
1: I think I, I can't remember I mean it seemed Like a million Because I was pushing Them up a hill yeah, On my skateboard sure, sure. I mean I th- I would s- It was probably Close to a hundred Like okay. seventy Seventy-five to a hundred Okay Um right. But he had some Really cool stuff He had like like venture, venture stuff That I had never Listened to Okay Um He had uh He had a lot of like Cool like Funk stuff Um stu you know it was a bunch of stuff that like i I probably never would have bought um and it was stuff that I held on to, and what I was telling you when my buddy was talking about I, my buddy Quinn is opening this record shop in uh in Lowell, and you know he i guess whatever whatever spot was oh, up in Lowell
0: opening a record shop in twenty seventeen
1: yeah yeah, it's great well i see I think the thing is, is that so like one record store in Lowell or the one that people would go to to buy like, you know, punk stuff, uh, went out, of, went out of business. So I think he's trying to like fill, fill the void. Okay. Um, cause I don't think it was necessarily that they weren't doing well. It was just that, you know, it's a record store guy. He's like, eventually he's just like, all right, I'm done sitting on all this shit, you know? Gotcha. Um, so my buddy Quinn, has been in the process of, you know, taking out a loan and he's got, he had a distro at one point. So he's got, he's sitting on a bunch of records anyway, um, but he needed stock for his store. Um, and when I was, when I, when I was in cancer conspiracy, actually I had a job uh, in Burlington at a record shop uh, that my buddy Jeff ran and he would pay me in records. So it was like $40, you know a day to go and open the shop and i just sit around and listen to records now and that's like you know that's a few five dollar records or it's forty one dollar records so i was always going for the forty one dollar you know just walking out with like piles of records sure so i called him and i was like hey quinn like you know if you get this record store thing going like i i have records i was like i i'm sick of moving around with them like dude if you want to buy them i i'll totally you know work it out for you really and uh you know i i premised it with there's there's two conditions like obviously i'm gonna keep some um and the other condition is you have to take everything and when i said everything it was you know there's records that are just unplayable they're garbage um (laughs) you know these there, there were these records that i never even listened to that i would you know Eventually, I became that guy that, like, if you had records you didn't want, you could you could hit me up, and I'll go over and grab them. Okay. Um, the last big score I got was, it was a couple hundred, and it was, uh, I'm not going to say her name, because it might get her in trouble, but uh, her ex-boyfriend, who she lived with, uh, was a DJ, and uh, he had a lot of records. Got it. She had made it very clear that he had to come pick up his records like multiple times and he just never came and got them. Ah, so she was like, I'm, I'm sick of looking at these records. You gotta like, if you want them, come get them. He was warned. Basically he, he had fair warning. <laughs> and so she was like, she was like, just come and take them. She's like, there's a lot of like, you know, old, like funny, like dance music. She's like, there's some metal, like, just come and get it. Okay. There's, like, complete ACDC collection. Like, complete Judas Priest collection. Like, old, like, like metal blade samplers with, like, like Slayer and Metallica. like Yes. Crazy shit. And I'm just like, I, I totally, I'll get all this out of here for you. So I brought it home, and that was, like, that was when I was, like, okay, I have a problem. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm never going to listen to. There's a lot of stuff that I just, that's great, but I just don't listen to it. Right. You know?
0: Yeah, that's my problem.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And my buddy, my buddy Quinn was like, listen, man, I'm sick of moving around with this stuff. If you want to buy it, like, just name your price. So he gave me this ridiculous offer and it was, it was under the impression that I had, you know, somewhere around a thousand records. Um, So I was like, okay, well, you know. You gotta you gotta take everything. So I start packing it, everything up, and I'm just you know it's going way beyond like my my guesstimate of it being you know a thousand to twelve hundred. I was like I think it's going to be more like eighteen.
0: Wow. So he's just
1: yeah. So it was like eighteen to two. I mean I I never got an exact count because I'm not going to sit there and count every record. Okay. But um, basically it was it was. It was explained to him like I made a stack of a hundred, and then there's like twenty of those. Like they might be shy; it might not be exactly a hundred in each one, but it's somewhere eighteen to twenty. You know, eighteen to two thousand records. Wow. Um, and I pulled about two hundred out, so I still have two hundred. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's I don't right know. Around, if he's-
0: that's right around where I am. I've I'm building up to close uh, like in the 200 area yep you dumped yep. 2000 down to 200 so yeah i'm a novice i'm, I'm a- <laughs> yeah but you
1: know what i mean if i'm sure if i looked at your record collection it would be stuff that you listen to like you were saying you know it's like you buy records that you will enjoy yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
1: that's all i did was i just whittled it down to the stuff that was like you know a regular driver like something i would throw on at least once a month you know give
0: me give me a couple examples of like okay you have you have a 20 you have an you have a 2000 to 2200 record collection and kept about 200 of them give me an example of some of the 200 that you were like oh hell no this isn't going anywhere i'm keeping this um, just a handful, not, not, Dead not Metallica master puppets. We know that,
1: but no, anyway. no, no, uh, no, I actually, I, I gave away a lot of my, my more collectible ones because I just realized that they were records that I'm never going to listen to. You know, okay. it's like, all right. It's like stuff that, you know, old punk rock stuff that I had from, you know, back in the day that I bought for cheap and now, you know, collectors will buy it for crazy, you know, a hundred dollars okay. or whatever. Right. Um, and also a lot of stuff, you know, just that I was given from just like playing shows with bands and stuff, you know, it's like people will give me records and like, I'll listen to it once and be like, eh, I'm not really into that, you know, but it's worth something. Right. <coughs> um, yeah. dead rider band, dead rider, uh, both their records. I held on to just cause they're, they're one of those bands that I, I love and I, there's never going to be a day that I can't throw on one of their records and thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I kept Pink Floyd, a nice pair, uh, just because it's got it's got the Sid Barrett stuff, which is my favorite. I kept early Judas Priest stuff. Okay, que- Queensryche, every Queensryche. Um Look at you with the Queensryche. I love Queensryche. That a they're, boy. They're my they're my favorite. Uh, Nels Klein, Chess. We were talking about Nels Klein. I think. Yeah, a yeah. Texts. You were
0: like that. He was like like epic to you, and I've never even. Heard, yes. I don't even know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, he uh, he he did one album in particular called Chest, uh, and it's it's a trio album that he did. Um, Nels plays guitar for Wilco now, but before he was playing with Wilco and actually making you know a good amount of money being an amazing guitar player with a pretty pretty you know prolific band, he uh, he was like one of the weirdest like avant like nutty guitarist he he does like a, a guitar trio thing with uh lee rinaldo and thurston moore um where it's just the three of them on stage like freaking out on guitar hmm. um and he made this album Thurston more the drummer uh thurston from sonic youth oh uh, I the thurston- wrong guy. i'm sorry yeah, yeah no, no, no. I'm a- no you're thinking of, i know who you're thinking of um, yeah you're thinking of the guy that was playing on the last couple Corrosion of Conformity, Corrosion of Conformity albums. He was the drummer. Uh, I forget his name. Forget it's his name. like Thirst in something. Um, okay. But yeah, N- Nels is like, he's he's my Hendrix. Gotcha. Like, he's gotcha. the guy that... And, and if you listen to Chess, you pretty much know where why cancer conspiracy existed that was i was just trying to steal and impersonate him almost (laughs) entirely so
0: oh yeah you were telling me that yeah it'll kind of blow my cover but yeah yeah So you got rid of uh, a shit ton of records uh, to help out your buddy Quinn uh, start his record store that isn't quite open yet, but it's right around the corner, right?
1: I think he's – yeah, I think he – from from what he was saying, he had like three large collections that he was buying, um, and he had a couple other – I guess he has a couple other record shop guys that he knows that they were basically kind of like – they were gonna kind of like split everything Got it. And get you know a massive collection I mean my my collection had a lot of like duplicate like record store stuff you know it's like three copies of like Led Zeppelin 3 and like you know just stuff that I ended up with duplicates because I was getting these large uh, groups right um, but yeah it's uh it whittling it down to 200 was I think initially I had said I was only keeping 75. And then, of course, it turned into two hundred. But now, are you still buying records? No, you're done. I'm done. I think I'm done. Done? I mean, it'll 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 have to be a pretty special record for me to like. I mean, I'll I'll buy like. Let me rephrase that. I'm not done buying records. I'm not buying any like collections, and I'm really gonna be selective about what i buy like Got it. I, tr- I try i uh, try like i'm not gonna my biggest problem is i could go on you know discogs and find stuff that i want to buy sure. um we all can there's yeah there's kind of a there's you know like i'll probably end up buying the new the conan revengeance record the one you i was telling conan. you about man that's awesome Just because that's a record that, like, really, I've been, I'm super psyched about, and I feel like it's something that could be a regular play okay. for me. Right. Um,
0: so you're, but you're, yeah, you're, you're back to buying one record for something that you really love, as opposed to like I found a good deal on eighty records.
1: Exactly. Yeah, or, or you know, it's yeah. like I'm curious. You know, there's a new record that just came out. Maybe I'll pick it up. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not buying records gotcha. to check out. Gotcha. They kind of have to. They have to. They have to pass the test before I I purchase. And that was that was the thing. Like when I when I was working at that record shop, it was just all I was doing was sitting there, and it's like if anything looked remotely interesting, I'd throw it on, listen to a song, and if if it wasn't total garbage, right, then I would take it home. You know, because at that point it was like. What am I gonna do? Like, I can take the one Zappa record off the wall, you know that that if Jeff sells it, that'll actually make him some money. Right. Or I can pick his dollar bin because I don't care if the cover has like you know the College Station sticker on it. Right. Like, I don't. I, I, I was never. I was never one of the the guys that like. I, as long as the record played, that was enough for me. Me like, too. If, if,
0: me too. Like I'm 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 currently watching eBay right now for like the Sunny Day re releases from the 2009. Yep. And there's people out there that won't buy those. They have to have the original one. Yeah, And I'm yeah. like, okay, line in the sand. If you need to have the original copy of copy of Diary, be prepared to pay like 90 bucks for it on eBay. Yep. And yeah. it's thinner vinyl. Like the one that came out in 2009 is 180 gram. It actually no, sounds better. That's the packaging better. It. And I can get it for like $22. So yeah. sometimes the re-releases wind up being, like, a better deal and better purchase than the original one, but there's these people that have to have the original one, and I, 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 um, not only does it not matter to me, but I, I don't even want to take the time to get that knowledgeable about it, you know? (laughs) Let me ask you this, you had, you had a 2200 album collection, and you boiled it down to 200. Mm -hmm. What was the 201st album? What was the one, the top album that you were like, this is hard to let go, but you did.
1: Uh, Well, okay. I did have, I had one of those moments where I was like, shit i should have looked online before i just handed all these over and well okay, it was,
0: wait wait, wait. We're, we're talking about two different things we're talking
1: about no i know there I, might be I,
0: one there might be one diamond in the rough that's like i kind of don't care about this album anymore but holy shit i didn't know it was worth 75 bucks and then there's other ones that are like i love this record but i'm gonna let it go anyway like okay give me give me both of those give me, all
1: give, right give, so give me the two The one where I should have priced it out, which I still don't know how much it's worth. Okay. Because I don't think the condition was great, but it was one of those things where...
0: I'll Google it right now. I'll get my iPad. Okay. Hold on. All right.
1: So I had two copies of Black Flag (laughs) Damage. Okay. Two different copies. Uh, I believe they were both on SST. They definitely are different colors. Like, one of them is like a muted color. But the, the, okay, the, the differentiating factor was there was a sticker on it that said something about like, uh, it was like a, like a, a mock, like joke parental advisory sort of thing. Okay. Uh, I think it said like hated by parents or something, like guaranteed to be hated. I, I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. So, when Quinn's picking up the records, and he's a huge punk fan, um, I was like, "Hey, man, I have. T- do you know the difference between these two copies?" And he grabs one and he flips it over and he finds that sticker and he's like, "Yeah, this is like first pressing. Like, this is this is the one that you want." And that was all he said. And I'm pretty sure it's like, I'm pretty sure it's it's over a hundred bucks. Now the one that I the one that I gave away that I I was kind of bummed about was um, I had uh, Frank Zappa freak out first record, um, and the re- the reason I was kind of bummed that I gave it away because I kind of forgot that it was it was uh, it had some sentimental value. Okay. Because um, Jeff, the guy that that owned that record store that I worked at, was just just a super nice guy like just like one of those old hippie dudes that like just loved records and loved when people would get excited about records, especially if it was something that like, wasn't, you know, like houses of the Holy, it was like a a weird record. Um, Jeff gave me that for my birthday. Um, or for, I don't even know that it was a birthday. It might've just been like, as like a gesture. Um, and I forgot. And when I gave it to him, it was like, Oh, Jeff gave me that. And Jeff, Jeff passed away when I had moved from Vermont, he oh. died, he, he got cancer and it just, it took him in like six months. Oh, and man. like I, one of my old phones, like one of my old like flip phones, I still have a voicemail from him. Um, and he was just calling to check in, you know, when I, cause I just moved down to Rhode Island and he was like calling to check in, you know, seeing how you're doing. And he's like, and it was it was after I had gotten I got in a really bad car accident like about a decade ago and uh it was only a year after. Two thousand eight. Was it two thousand eight that it happened? I yeah. S- okay. I saw
0: it on Google,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um so he had called to check in and he was like, Yeah, I actually um I just had a little medical thing of my own and he was like, you know, they found something, probably nothing, but they're gonna have me come back for tests. And like that's where like phone tag started with him. And the last I talked to him, he uh you know, he was like he was like, Yeah, I think it's it's fine. He's like, I'm gonna start doing blah blah blah. And I never I never heard from him after that. Like it just he like went. He was hospitalized and just never yeah. It was it was sad. So it's like I realized that after like a week after I was like, Oh shit, I didn't hold on to that zapper record. And that was like that was something that jeff gave me as like he was psyched because i was a zappa fan so, right, right right um so yeah that's that's the one that i most regret yeah that's the one that got away got a hold of me it's and we started talking it's like there's a you know there's a a history and there's a a a time frame where like i said you know it's like we're getting older our circle is getting smaller you know our friends that are doing music or that are into music that are still in it have have a, a a pretty long history you know and it's it's important that it's documented in some sort of way you know yeah just you know through through you interviewing and talking to people or you know written stuff like it just it's important that it, it gets documented because mm-hmm. i mean we've all been you know there's a there's a pretty significant overlap i think in the underground music scene um especially with guys in their 40s you know it's like yeah seen some shit so it's cool that you're getting people to talk about it I would I would suggest finding a interesting independent movie and seeing if this whole podcast syncs up with it somehow like you know oh, Pink Floyd and like like sync this with like begotten or something. Do you ever see that? No don't ever see that movie oh, it's okay. disturbing. Okay.
0: This has been a marathon conversation. This is an,
1: I, I told you, man, I told you this is going to be like a, a box set. A box
0: set. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to press this to vinyl, and then you'll probably sell it to a record shop. You know, man? Well,
1: I think if you, once you edit all the dropouts that I had, it'll probably only be like 20 minutes. So. <laughs> I tell, it'll be the EP. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. You can have like a, a bloopers compilation of me going like, "Hello, hello, hello? What, hello? what
0: the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, right. Yeah. Me on this end going, "Oh, come <laughs> on!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, shit um, happens.
0: Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daryl, this has been this is, this has been awesome, man. This is
1: that's great, man. This I, if this is what podcasts are like, I'm gonna do one like every week.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate Thank you. You, took, you blew an entire Friday night on on a dude you just met 48 hours ago, so I, I really appreciate that, man. I really do. That rules, man. Thank and, you. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do this justice the best I can. I'll, I'll whittle down uh, all the boring stuff you were talking about. I'll cut that out. And, and yeah, get rid of that. We'll cut this down to like 15 minutes or so. <laughs>
1: awesome. Awesome. I just story grows. We
0: love you. Take care. Bye-bye.